common opinion would be that you know cardio eats your muscle and you know if you're eating enough calories you're getting enough rest you're strength training no absolutely not it's a, it's a great portion to implement as well but i will say that you know above baseline muscle mass and if you recall baseline is really just that the muscle mass you carry around you know not really training not really doing anything else just doing your day-to-day life you know above baseline cardiovascular training whether running biking walking sprinting really doesn't have nearly the effect uh that resistance training does on on new muscle development but what cardio does provide is endurance right if you're doing some sprints and you're doing some walks and you're doing some running right you your weight training is probably gonna get better i like to categorize cardiovascular training into two camps high intensity training and low impact cardio which include like walking, hiking, biking, you kind of get the idea. And then of course, high high intensity training includes really training that can only be done in really short bouts of time. And the, these bouts in, you know, might look like sprinting or something along those lines. Sorry, I've got to live next to a fire department. Um, so by incorporating both low pack, low impact and high intensity training, in addition to a lifting routine, you're kind of optimizing yourself as a whole, but you're optimizing for cardiovascular health, which includes heart, veins, arteries, metabolic health, brain health, muscular development and health, bone density, right? So, so you're kind of having this well-rounded approach, um, almost like a checkbox for your cardiovascular training or or excuse me for your overall health um and maybe your fitness routine in that <clears throat> in that sense so i think that leaves us for for the training aspect right we talked about weight training we talked about sets reps we talked about load progressive overload cardiovascular training we really covered training as a whole and what is most ideal for for muscle development and for muscle growth Nutrition, on the other hand, uh, you know, I think is similar in some ways uh, in that you're really trying to create the, the optimal environment for muscle building, right? You could go work out. You could do a Pilates class. You could do, you know, something, and it probably will develop some muscle tissue, but it's never going to develop at a kind of exponential rate as the way it would with weightlifting in a certain rep range with a certain amount of weight, right? So on and so forth. So right, this is about creating that kind of perfect environment. You know, in that piece there, it's also similar that you are going to need modifications and adjustments throughout, <clears throat> whether it's, you know, modifying the calories you take in or the macros that you're taking in. But really the goal is to provide your body with the adequate amount of protein, fats, and carbs, fiber, vitamins, minerals. You're really trying to give yourself the most optimal environment for, for health and you know, achieving all the nutrients in addition to <clears throat> trying to develop some more muscle tissue. Excuse me. So I think the first on our list are the number of calories. And I think there are many ca- there are many different factors that are going to play into a total daily calorie recommendation. Thinking age, genetics, training experience, gender, body composition. The general recommendation is just adding about three hundred and fifty nine to four hundred and seventy eight calories in addition to your total daily calories. 
So I do want to mention here that your calories are probably going to seem a little bit high, and they should. So to kind of give you a little bit of a breakdown of your calorie makeup at this point for the optimal environment for muscle development would be, right, first your base level calories, which would be your considered your basal metabolic rate or your BMR, really what keeps you alive, keeps you breathing, keeps your heart going, keeps your organs pumping, all that fun stuff. And that's going to make up, you know, a good portion of them. Your next category that's going to influence your calories is going to be your activity factor, workouts, walking, all that fun stuff. Um, these are going to be higher and we'll talk about that in just a minute here, but these are going to be a little bit higher. And then, right, we're adding on that, you know, 350, about 350 to 500 calories on top of the basic metabolic rate and activity factor that already is going to be a little skewed higher. So, so that's why your calories are going to seem a little bit higher, but let's give you some context here. Let's consider we choose to do all of the physical kind of requirements that were just listed um, from training and cardio, all that fun stuff. We would, of course, calculate our BMR. This will be the base amount of calories, but will increase as you, you know, tend to build more muscle and you have more tissue and, and you're burning more calories, so on and so forth. So that will change. But for the time being, you know, you figure out your BMR, then you factor in your activities for the, for the day. And this is where some things kind of increase uh so right this includes everything from you know really from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed and everything in between so you waking up making coffee taking a shower walking to the bus stop going to the gym lifting weight like everything is going to be encompassed that you're doing as far as activity consciousness um so you're going to kind of factor that in which is going to be higher again because we're including cardio and weightlifting and so, of course, the, the number of calories must increase to meet those demands. Again, we're trying to kind of create that perfect environment. Finally, then we add in that 350 to 500 calories on top of that BMR and that activity factor that's already higher because we are now doing cardio and lifting. So calories are going to be relatively high. They're going to be skewed a little bit towards the higher end from the activity factor, plus we're putting on that surplus. So from there, right, it kind of we can then manipulate just like we did with sets, reps, everything else there in our training, we can then manipulate the macronutrient side of things. So limited by really your daily calories, allocating your proteins, your fats, and your carbohydrates. These are your macronutrients. This will further enhance, right? Your, your muscle building capabilities. So right. Getting the right amount of protein, getting the um, adequate amount of carbohydrates and fats will 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 meet your protein or will meet your calorie requirements because that's where your calories are coming from that you, your macronutrients are what provide food with its with calories so when we look at kind of the macro ratio of someone that's trying to put on some muscle tissue in in theory it would be moderate to high protein intake you know considering the amount of calories that you'd have to eat it might be moderate um if you're a bigger person and <clears throat> you already have some muscle mass on you, it might also be a pretty high protein intake. Uh, so, so it could vary for protein, but carbohydrate is going to be pretty high as well. I have to say the bulk of your calories are probably going to come from carbohydrate. And lastly, um, fats are going to be relatively moderate. It might look like 35% 
of your calories coming from protein, about maybe 60%, 65% coming from carbohydrate, and maybe 20 to 25% coming from fat is, is kind of the ratio I would, I would um, throw out there, not that it's specific to anybody or anything. So jumping into this first one, protein, right? And I think that we all are well aware, and this is widely rec- protein is widely recognized as kind of a, an essential for muscle building. But I do want to uh, emphasize the importance here a little bit more in that if you were to only choose two things from this list that we've gone through so far and you took away protein intake and lifting, you would be that would give you the, the most bang for your buck, I guess I would say. So... With that being said, the recommended t- intake for, for your average person, right, sedentary, not necessarily moving, preventing deficiency would be around 0.8 grams per kilogram, it's about a half a gram per per pound or so, I think it's 0.54 or something. You would, um, you would actually, in order to build some muscle, you would actually double or even triple that number to about 1.6 grams per kilogram or, you know, all the way up to about 2.2 grams per kilogram of protein. So that just to translate over to, um, yes, America, we're probably the only one, uh, maybe someone else, but nonetheless, um, that's roughly about 0.73 grams or one gram per body pound. Moving on to carbohydrates, really carbohydrates, I think are the under the underdog here um, in that you know they don't get as much credit for muscle building as protein does, but you know it's it's essential for muscle building. It really provides energy for us to really push through those workouts. It also acts as kind of this barrier preventing any protein or amino acids from being used as energy. Carbs are also, uh, you know, emphasizing their importance. They're also ideally the muscle likes to soak some of them up and store them as this in their storage form as glycogen or these long chains of carbons um, that can just be used later for some physical activity and, and once they're in the muscles glycogen the muscle pretty much keeps them there and won't let them go so they are really important to that that energy production so the the recommendation here for I found for strength trained athletes, right? So, so this might be a little bit different for somebody that might be starting out, but somewhere in the range of four to seven grams per kilogram should be your your carb intake. This is roughly about one point eight one grams, or th- uh, all the way up to three point one eight grams of carbohydrate per body pound. Moving on to our last macronutrient here, it's going to be fats and a little lackluster here as far as research is concerned, but regardless of your pursuits, um, whether weight loss, muscle gaining, or whatever it is, right, fats are an essential nutrient and you need them. They, they really do pro- they provide or they, they, they really do play a pivotal role in production of hormones, brain health, heart health. Fats also provide energy and help absorb vitamins, minerals, and other nutrients. They also, I mean, when I think about them, they also really do provide a lot of flavor to our food and a lot of texture as well. So I don't want to skip over that either. So nonetheless, 
um, why I say they're a little lackluster, really, the American College of Sports Medicine it really recommends, and again, basing this off of more of an athletic person, but again, if you're after the pursuit of that, you're going to be training regularly, you're, you fit in that category, 20 to 35% of your intake, uh, of your caloric intake should come from fats, and it's somewhere in the range of maybe 0.4 grams to maybe 0.7 or 0.8 grams per body pound. Not a ton of fat there, but definitely um, definitely some. So I don't think the story ends with nutrition, nor does it end with um, training. I think we, we, we got to talk about supplements a little bit here. And when we think about supplements, they're typically used to compensate, I guess would be a good word, the average person's. Uh, maybe nutritional deficit where they're right and they're not getting enough vitamin C or they're not getting enough vitamin D. And so they can supplement with that to kind of overcome that nutritional deficit. However, when we're, we're thinking about building new muscle mass, supplements can be beneficial in that they provide a specific nutrient at a, at a precise dose that really wouldn't be found in nature. It's not that we could, you know, get it through an apple or get it through a piece of meat. Like, we we would have to we would have to supplement in order to kind of achieve those those dosaging requirements. So two I think well researched supplements um, that are personally part of my muscle building routine and really as a dietitian I vouch for in that the the they are whey protein and creatine monohydrate. These two are going to be just foundational supplements in a, meeting your protein goals, and B, making sure that you're, you know, you have enough energy and creatine coming in to make sure that you are, you have the energy and performance you want in the gym. So I think we're all well aware of protein powder, and it's been around for a while. There, it has become more popular over recent years, and different ingredients and sourcing, you know, has kind of started to pop up and you're starting to see different sorts of protein powders. But regarding protein powder, the research tends to lean towards whey protein as as the most beneficial because of its amino acid profile. Studies also show that protein powder is most beneficial when supplemented to reach kind of a protein target rather than when when you're, you know, drinking protein shake on top of, you know, already meeting your protein requirements. There's really no additional benefit after that. Creatine has is one of the most well-researched supplements that we have on the market. Creatine monohydrate, in fact, you know, has kind of been measured up to any other form of creatine out there, and there are really no additional benefits other than just having the normal creatine monohydrate. Creatine monohydrate really acts as a as a as kind of like a ignition fuel for your for your little mitochondria within the muscle cell they they help you produce more energy and help with that turnover process of energy so creatine you know in addition to that helps pull water into the muscle and helps hydrate the muscle so it's a really beneficial supplement that that affects you in a pretty unique way uh, so I, I i tend to like to suggest using creatine especially during a muscle building phase i personally like to Moving on to recovery, I think this is really our last section here. So you go to the gym for an hour, you train, 
then, right, what do we do with the next 23 hours? This is where the real muscle growth happens. So a, a recovery protocol within your muscle growth endeavors really should include good sleeping habits, solid nutrition, which we just went through, and rest days. Several studies have shown that getting seven to eight hours of sleep it just improves strength, improves uh, performance, and does develop uh, does help develop uh, new muscle tissue. So, getting adequate amount of sleep is is critical for not only muscle health but overall health. Which I mean, if you think about it, you know, if, if you're overall healthy, the chances of you developing new muscle tissue is is much higher. Now, rest days, when it comes to the ideal amount or what that should look like, if they should happen or not, I think is up to the individual. Opinions are all over the place, and you can take several days off to taking no days off. There's really no one-size-fits-all solution here. I think a popular method would be taking two, one to two full days off weekly. Generally, when we think about working out, I think this is a common thread and it seems like people feel well rested and ready to train again the next week after having a couple days off. I'll give you my kind of input here in that when I start back into a muscle building routine, I typically will follow like a two day split where I'll go two days consecutively and then I will take one day off, two days consecutively, one day off. This personally is my regimen that I like to use. It just makes me feel refreshed enough to go hit the gym um, after that, you know, third day of rest going into that fourth day, I'm just not drained. So that's personally my split. Take it or leave it. It's up to you, but that's kind of what I like to do. Okay. You know, really some final thoughts here as we, as we bring it together, programming, you know, a, a legit muscle development or muscle growth or muscle building phase really does require having these kind of specific adjustments to your training regimen and your nutrition, I'd say that uh, rest days and, and recovery are pretty simple and, and standard in, the, in those terms. So, you know, going back to it all and, and bring it together, right, we kind of identified that training in terms of weightlifting, train, train hard, train heavy, be consistent, take some time, um, you know, focus on those reps, sets, the load that you're putting the muscle through, and thinking about progressively overloading, especially when you come to a point when you're kind of maxing out, you know, oh man, I did all the sets, I did all the reps, I did all of the, um, I did all of the, yeah, the reps and sets. The only place for me to really change here would be maybe increasing the the number amount of rate, the weights. So, so right, it requires these specific adjustments. I think same thing goes for your nutrition um, in that, right, you, you need a pretty high protein intake. You need a pretty uh, pretty high calorie intake when you take everything into consideration. You need a pretty high carbohydrate intake and, and a moderate fat intake to support. Um, as a general kind of just checklist of how to build muscle, I feel like this is a pretty comprehensive guide. I'd love to hear what your guys' thoughts are. Maybe I can leave a, leave a spot for you all to make a comment or something. Um, I just want to reiterate here. Thanks for listening. And I really appreciate the the time and the investment that you guys took out of your day to, to check out this podcast. If you, um, found it beneficial and, you know, definitely send it to someone else, recommend it to someone else. I'd really appreciate the, the support and sp- spreading the love. 
Um, lastly, uh, again, the macro coaching program is open. If you're interested in building some muscle, you're building, you're interested in losing some fat for summer coming up, then the, that program is definitely for you. Six weeks long, um, tailored to you, uh, custom action plan, uh, it kind of breaks it all down for you. I'll leave a link in the description as well. And without, um, further ado, I will, uh, I will catch you next week as we continue down this path of talking about strength nutrition, and everything in between.